Welcome to the Ear Spoon, your home for, what are we the home for? Are we we don't sell burgers or anything, do we? Uh, I do. Oh. I mean, I'm willing to. Okay. Yeah. It, you know, it's a pandemic economy. Um, you need a burger, I got a burger. You know? <laughs> right, um, yeah. We're happy to feed you. Uh, we're my, happy fantasy, to... my latest fantasy, I'm sorry, I want you to do your setup, then I'll tell you my latest employment oh, fantasy. All right, well, uh, we, can, we, we can point in the direction of some mighty, mighty fine coffee. Yes, I know that. I wouldn't right. be anywhere without it. We call it Mocha Joe's, and oddly enough, so do they. Yeah, go right? figure. Go figure. <laughs> it was super convenient for us. Uh, <laughs> they have been a longstanding sponsor of the Earspoon, and we thank them for it. And, of course, you can download the Earspoon wherever you download your fine, fine podcast, or go to a little website I like to call theearspoon.com. And, again, I, I like to call it that because that's what it's called. Well, that's good for you. You know the internet. Boy, I almost hit that note. <laughs> Don't ever hit that note. No. <laughs> not while I'm around. Not here. Not now. There's <laughs> a very quick, uh, a, a quick thing. We were uh, in a in a in a in an office, and somebody still had a Tom Brady poster hanging up, right? And I was like, you know, he uh, he left, right? And they're like, yeah, I know. Um, you you know, we we're, we're taking it down. Do you want it? And I was like, that's your one pass. And it's like, what, what, for what? I said, I said, that's your one pass. You don't get to ask me any more stupid questions for the rest of the year. <laughs> the answer is no, I don't right. want it. Uh, even if the backside had Giselle on it, I still would not want it. Anyway, I don't know. I digress. That's, well, that's what we do. That's the nature of our podcast. It really but, is. You know, it's it's in the midst uh, of pandemic. So my idea was, yes. when I wind up moving to to Ireland, okay, almost almost said Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as I've known you a long time now, and you know that one of my deepest deepest passions in this life is pizza. Oh. And when I say pizza, I yeah. don't mean crap pizza, which is ninety nine percent. You're gonna if you bring up Connecticut pizza, I'm disconnecting. All right. Well, uh, then I'll help you. I, New Haven pizza in particular. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I'm not having a pet-based conversation with you. I'm not. I'm not. So I'm, gonna, I'm a I've New decided, York kid, born and raised. I know where pizza comes from. It comes I from it. God. It not has its place. New York pizza, fold a slice. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's square cut You know, or, or triangle. I get it. But it's not the same thing. And, and, you know, I won't try to convince you. But for those who don't know, New Haven pizza, look it up. Look it on YouTube. It's a thing. Like it it's is. a kind of pizza. And again, let's be clear. When I say it's a kind of pizza, you can't say that about Chicago pizza because that's not pizza. No, that's that, casserole. That, that's like that's like cake with cheese on it. That's not right. Pizza. Yeah, kind of, right. right. It's like you know you need a ladder to get to the top of it. Yeah. Like, no, that's, no you know, that's not pizza. Thin, you know, charred at the edges, coal-fired on uh, and wood-fired ovens. Brick ovens. This is pizza to me. It's what I grew up on. Yep. It's what I've known. My no, it, it is good pizza. I'm not. I just like that. I like. I. I, I like the rivalry. I know. I appreciate that. Well, it is. It's good humored. And frankly, in New Haven, there's a rivalry between Sally's and Pepe's for yeah. long standing. But now there's so many other New Haven pizza joints that are really good. That it's kind of silly. It's not that you know just the two right. modern. There's others and so forth. But anyway, my idea was to move to Ireland. Well, wait first. Learn how to make one of those things, yeah, <laughs> and, and then move to Ireland and set up a New Haven pizza joint. 
you know, in County Clare or something and, and bring my son over to be the cook because he's a master pizza maker. There you go. So, so that's my, so if, if, if it, if that works out, I'm going to have to turn down, break my contract with you and turn down the millions uh, going forward. Well, what? I could do it from Ireland. I was going to say what, <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if this is, if this is a, if this is a stopping point, ditch the pizza place and invent the internet over there. <laughs> hey, now you're talking. All right. All right. <laughs> So we'll see if that pans out. In the meantime, I'm still going to try to make a New Haven pizza at my house. All right, I I have my theories. But yeah. anyway, let's talk about other stuff. Yeah, let's talk about other stuff. Let's let's talk about this ongoing uh, farcical uh, uh, gerrymandering of electoral votes and trying oh. to get the census number changed to uh, filing Supreme Court things and just this ongoing thing. But but meanwhile, he's so fucking concerned about it all that he can't get his fat fucking ass off a golf course to focus on it, right? He is marching Rudy Dracula Giuliani all over the goddamn place. Him and his dripping hair dye and his bad teeth. And it's just, it is, honest to God, it is becoming a level of disgrace that I can't suffer anymore. You are kinder than I because becoming is too merciful. Um, It has been the keystone cops of fascism from the start. And if they weren't so lethal and damaging and harmful to other human beings, it would be straight up comical. Right. But these, this is not funny at all. Um, in, in minor moments and in dark and macabre humor, it's super funny. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff to be laughing at, but this sort of, I guess the thing I keep coming back to, and this is, I think a deeper truth is the Trump administration and every participant and, and the Republican party as a whole are saying to the country, we don't believe in democracy. Right. We do. We do not abide by the rules that we've all agreed to. And we do not want the will of the people to be properly expressed. We have we will subvert that by any means necessary. So there is. Is it the um, who? Oh, I'm trying to think. It was it was it Georgia. I think it was Georgia. Was it the governor who was um, who was um, solidifying the the results? Yeah. Uh, yeah. of the election and and there was uh it was an interview of him saying that they uh, that Pence and Trump were calling him so often that whenever they called he had his ringtone changed to hail to the uh, chief yes. Right? Yes, I saw that. and he is he is uh <laughs> he's signing off on the papers to uh, to basically say <laughs> all the votes are going up and his phone begins to ring and you can hear hail to the chief he looks at it puts it face down and continues to sign I mean this is this is what we're dealing with here Right, right, right. I mean, you know, this level of crazy, and and it, and it doesn't seem to want to stop, um, and it just keeps on kind of going and going and going. But but he's not doing any of it, and and is it all just to avoid a jail sentence on January twenty first? I think it's a big part of the motivation because it's not just the this uh, him, him that shall not be named, but it's his children and some of his associates as, as well who are really at risk. The idea of him pardoning Michael Flynn and all that stuff is in some ways to insulate or pad him from possible prosecution. But he can tamp down a little bit of it here and there through you know nefarious means, but he's not escaping this. No. And I think and I think what I'm the what my read is from the things that I'm reading is that uh, he's lost his shit completely. And that he you know, and that's not a good thing for a president, right? No. Especially in a lame dunk lame duck session. But he is really detaching from reality, and he's got aides saying to him, "Dude, it's time. It's the way the way that Kissinger, God forbid, 
uh, spoke to Richard Nixon. I think it was Kissinger. Or yeah. I think I might be wrong. Yeah, Churchill. Based, yeah, Churchill. <laughs> but who said that you're, you know, you're not getting out of this. You know, the only way out is to resign. Yeah. You know, um, and the same sort of megalomania that was obsessing Nixon is what's what Trump is dealing with right now. So there's there's a flip side to this. I mean, there's two sides to this. On the one hand, it's super dangerous. Uh, it does not bode well for the immediate future. What the other side of that is, I love how humiliating this is for them. I love that they lose a few times every week. You know, I love that this is having them look like, you know, dripping Giuliani. Oh. And all of this car clown car full of stupidity is coming to the fore. And with that, the 74 or 78 or whatever number million people who voted to enable this stuff that's all smeared on them as well. Yeah, no, it really, really is. And I was reading a whole article about people who were like, oh, I regret my second vote for him now. He <laughs> lost. Oh, well, thank, thanks for coming around. Right. Yeah, it took I, a while. I was having a conversation with somebody uh, shortly after the, the, the Giuliani sweating with the hair dye dripping down the side of his face. Right. And, um, and, and in that conversation, they were saying, how ridiculous did he look? And I said, you want to know how ridiculous he looked? Here's... Here is my summation of it. If Saturday Night Live <laughs> did a skit where Rudy Giuliani's hair dye dripped down, here's how ridiculous it is. It wouldn't have gotten a laugh. Because it would have been over the top. It would have been over the top and too hard to <laughs> fucking believe. Everyone like, I don't get that hair dry dripping down. I mean, what is that? You can't even you can't even think in those terms of how leveled ridiculous all of that is. So that's what I said. If it was a Saturday Night Live skit, nobody would have laughed. Oh, that's what I mean. And then, and like I said, if this was separated from its impact on other human beings, it would just be straight up comical. But well, we've got 230 or 200, I don't, I don't know the latest number, dead people. And let yeah. me just also throw this in here. I think we need to stop talking about COVID in terms of you know, principally and primarily deaths. Because the impact of this, not to mention the economic impact, mm -hmm. but the impact on people who are getting this illness is profound. And we were talking before we went on the air about people who are having this long COVID and people who are losing you know, having neurological impact, yeah. short-term memory and things. This is massive. And so the notion that we, in a moment like this, which is unprecedented in this country, and God knows we look like idiots to the rest of the world, but in a moment like this where you go, whoa, this is serious, you still have to convince people to be concerned about their neighbors. But the answer is, it's not just who dies and who doesn't. It's the overall impact in every way. And then we can talk about pandemic uh, uh you know uh lockdowns etc we would not be in this position if people would had abided by the protocols being recommended estimates are that if 95 percent of the people had worn masks when they were told to wear masks months ago this would be gone by now well Fa you know even fauci just said if we can get even you know 90 percent of the population just to wear a mask for two weeks Two we'd be done. weeks. We would, you know, it might not be done, but we would be at a place where the economy isn't crippling, where everybody is is getting, you know, just deathly afraid again of going outside and being, you know, and 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 I'm having to start to rethink about it. And it was, you know, what? It, and nobody, fucking nobody, should be surprised, right? Right. Because Anthony Fauci and all the other, uh, all the other 
experts in this disease said that this was going to happen right about now, yep. that it was going to flow back up. Right. So, again, like whether it's the Trump administration or, you know, pick your person or even somebody in public who are who scoff at this and then they wind up, you know, sick or dead or what have you. And like, oh, Don Jr. has COVID. Oh, it's a, like and then it's like then you see people putting on masks. I often say it's like you know, as a goaltender playing ice hockey. I would see guys out on the ice without masks on, yeah, uh, which is how we played when I was a kid. But even then, people were wearing masks, you know. But uh, all it takes is just a simple flip shot into the mouth, and the next, very next skate, you guys got a mask on. It's like, really, yeah, really, you didn't know that that might happen. You got exactly. two broken front teeth. You know, it's you know? A, you know. Well, you're a techie guy. You'll appreciate this. The best time to back up your computer is right before it crashes, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And so. You know, it is the truth. I, you know, and 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 I, I, I penned my article this week, and and in in my article, I I am forever not understanding a majority of the Republican, the people that are calling themselves Republican, who continue continue to push this and elevate this man, and and say that he's doing good and that he's the savior and he's this and he's that, and I'm thinking to myself, you're fucking, your ship is taking on water, I know. and you're I know. handing out lead vests. Well, let's even forget, and there again, you'll hear this from a lot of conservatives, is, yeah, he's a bit rough. Yeah, I don't like what he says, but I like his policies. And then you try to get them to describe the policies, and they're either wrong or exaggerating. But beyond the politics, beyond party, beyond anything, how can anybody watch this man speak for five minutes and not go, what an utter idiot? Like, how did we, how did 70-something million people lose the ability to go, like, Wow, that guy looks like a con man bullshit artist. Right. You know? And like and the rest of us are going, yeah, well that's obvious. He's a conscious a con artist, a bullshit, you know, merchant. Uh how come we notice this like in an instant, like just the second he says the second word. Right. And then you got other people going like, I think he's the greatest president of my lifetime. No. And I'm like, how are we on the same earth? You know, like how are you like and it doesn't even matter again, whatever your party is, whatever your politics are. I, I mean, th and this is a thing that is true in this country. The ability to discern bullshit seems to be a dying art. And to know, like that classic, uh, you know, used car salesman. I don't like to disparage car salesmen because there are some great ones, yep. nice ones. I deal but with the, a lot the of stereo, right? The stereotype of the used car salesman, the like the fidgety guy with the like, you know, the shifty eyes and all that stuff. How do you not? How do people not, after four years, right. after four years, well, read through uh, this line of nonstop bullshittery? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, I, I just, I just, I can't understand it. You know, we, we, you know, COVID, hair dye, golf courses. I mean, just, it's just, know, it seems that we're on this kind of this this gerbil wheel of insanity, and like nobody's kind of picking up on this so what is and you know what it makes me think is that you know am i you know you and i had this conversation like you know we're talking about the numbers spiking in the covid and 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 are we being babies around it and and no you know what believing no. in science believing in science is not being a baby what it does what it is sometimes is well it might be a little inconvenient and that right. sucks i do not like being inconvenienced i don't know many people that do well, it's beyond. I mean, inconvenience is one of the things. The other thing is, you know, genuine human contact. I really miss my friends. I miss yeah. hugging people. I miss my family. I miss a lot of things, and those are very real psychological concerns. But the answer is, 
I can get over it, or if I can't get over it, I can seek support for it. Right. But I can't seek support if somebody's got a freaking tracheotomy or intubation. You know, they <clears throat> go with what we can <clears throat> control. Right. I think sometimes about seat belts and suntan lotion. There was a point at which, like, what are you wearing that crap for? I just put this olive oil on me. I'm good. <laughs> or what are you wearing a seatbelt for? You know, like, and then we go, oh, that's right. It actually saves a lot of lives. Right. You know, so because so early adopters and people like you and I and Jen and others who are saying, like, we're not being paranoid. We're not being Howard Hughes about germs. Right. But we are abiding by the prevailing wisdom you know, to the best of our ability. Not 100 percent, but pretty close to it, honestly. Right. Uh, and I'm going to insist on that. And I insist on that in my business, et cetera. But the answer is. I keep looking at people who I know and love and moving through our community still, although this is Vermont and we're better than many places. I still people see people being very lackadaisical about proximity to others. Why are you going into a building? Why are you sitting maskless in a restaurant eating food? Like to, to me, this is just abject insanity. You know, I mean, let me be clear. I think it's low likelihood that they're going to pick up COVID in Brattleboro, Vermont, eating in that restaurant. But there's still a chance of that. Yeah. And, and we're trying to, like, kill that chance. Like, the little traces, the low percentages of that possibility right. want to stamp it out completely is the thing. One of my favorite memes that, uh, that, that came out right at the onset was, here, I'm going to give you 100 Skittles. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. One of them is poison. <laughs> you, you still going to eat them? You know? One of them is guaranteed to kill you. Are you still going to eat them? <laughs> no, you're not. And no, that makes not. sense. No, and, it, and it's hard because you might really fucking love the grape Skittles. But guess what? One of the grape ones could be the one that kills you. So you're right. probably not going to eat them. You're probably going to wait until the Skittles are all cleared by the FDA and safe to eat again. So you can, you right. know, you can hope to achieve some diabetic coma at some point in time. But let's also acknowledge that you, you and I, as guys in their middle and late fifties, speak for yourself. Uh, what was this? Was a funny joke. Somebody, that, a lady, a complete complete digression. I just thought it was funny. Um, yes. The doctor, the, the, there's a lady talking. The doctor asked me how old I was, um, and uh, they said she said, uh, uh, I'm, "I'm I'm in my oh what was the joke? I'm 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 a young." I'm a 55-year-old, 63-year-old, or something like that. I don't. I'm not, yeah, I screwed yeah, that yeah. up. But anyway, go ahead. No, no, that's a good one, though. Yeah. I'm laughing on the inside. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> sure you are. Uh, 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 oh, yes, that we came of age as young beings and young adults and as young, you know, let's assume sexual beings at the onset of the AIDS epidemic, where the prevailing wisdom in the science was we're not quite sure what this this disease is, but we're figuring it out, but it's killing a lot of people, right. particularly in the gay community, but across that, you know, da, da, da. And so we got the information that said, Hey, if you want to do X, you just have to do this to protect yourself and protect others. Even if it's low likelihood that you have it and low likelihood that they have it, this is what we're all going to agree to do. And if you don't do that, you're a fucking sociopath, you know? And so, and there were those people. So like, you and I have grown up with that notion of like, oh, this is how we care for ourselves and other people and still remain engaged. And here we are in this moment that's less impactful than that, arguably, depending how you measure things, where we're just simply being asked to put a piece of cloth over our face when we go out amongst others and just be on your best behavior. And what you get back from not 
five, not 50, not 500, but millions of people is, you can't tell me what to do. Right. And that's not a country I want to live in. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder. I'm not going to lie. It does. I I desperately try to defend the actions of these people, but I just it's becoming harder and harder. Now, again, we're going to shift from anti-science government to a science government. I'll fight you on that, but let's go with it. Oh, come on. How, how can you fight me on that? You, you don't you don't think that a Joe Biden administration is going to be more leaning on the science of what's going on? Oh, I'm going to go with more science. Yes, definitely more. But I would I would push back and say that there is enough scientific evidence to show that what that there are many remedies for many social maladies uh, and the science is clear and unequivocal. And we will not see the Biden administration respond. For example, the Medicare for all show all the studies show that that is both the most economic and the most humane and the most effective way to make sure people are well and they will do nothing about it right well that, that's also science well we'll see that <laughs> remains to be seen i can only hope but th- this is where i keep saying over and over again all right this is great now we got our gauze candidate mm-hmm. all right we can begin to slow the bleeding we, you know, I think Joe Biden, um, one of the you know, things that he's going to do that he's talked about is that that fifty thousand dollars on an executive signature uh, to relieve uh, student debt. And I think that that's a step in the right direction. That's not science, but th- these are just things that he has talked about doing. So we'll see. But it becomes up to you and I now to kind of keep his feet to the fire to make mm-hmm. sure that he's represented. Th- this is where yeah. this is where our job. This is where our job begins again. Where, you know, but I think that he will do things like national mask mandates. He'll show up to a, a press briefing wearing wearing a mask. And let's yep. face it, I mean, the like him or love him, he is the president of the United States. So people are going to follow his lead. And if he's yeah, leading with a mask, even Trump, look at Trump. I mean, the Trump is no bigger fucking idiot on the planet than that. I mean, that guy, every time he opens up his mouth, like literal physical shit drops out of it. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what that is? That's what that is. That's what that is. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and you know, but he doesn't wear a mask, so 74 million people don't wear a mask. I don't know. No, modeling matters. No, I think yeah. you're right. Modeling matters. And, and you know, again, yeah, it will matter and will be better in that regard. Many things will be better in that regard, but I will caution you. And I know we can, as we often tangent from one thing to another, I don't want to go off into another zone, but when the, with the announcement of some of his, you know, heavy hitting corporate banking industry uh, nominees and this one, the most toxic of all, this Neera Tandon woman who is a horror show as his director of the OMB, he's basically not only unsurprisingly going very centrist and very banking and very corporate. Well, we, we knew that that he, was going to happen. But I know I'm saying, I know that part, but it's basically right out of the gate. It's a big fuck you to progressives. Neera Tannen is a toxin uh, to progressives. She was so uh, belligerently anti Bernie Sanders from the start. She's a Hillary Clinton acolyte. Right. And she was so uh, unfairly and, and dishonestly anti Bernie Sanders. I mean, think what you want, but she was, a menace in that regard. I honestly don't know that much about her. So I, that's why that's she's a presence in social media and, and Twitter and stuff like that. And oh, so she knows uh, what she's talking about. Okay. Well, no, I, no, certainly not. But she's been part of the Hillary Clinton camp for a long time. And my concern is right now that what we're going to see is underneath it all is this shadow Clintonian, uh, governance, which is again, center, right, warmongering, et cetera. But, 
for the progressives out listening, the, the millions of our progressive friends out listening, uh, this idea of pushing Biden to the left is is a it's a fable, in my opinion. It, I it, just it, don't... It's, it's only a fable because if we don't push back and we say, you know, you need to put an AOC in some some position of authority. Well, they, they can laugh at you and they, they laugh at you right up until the numbers get bigger and bigger and the support is there. I'm, right, I'm so, just... so watch this. Then then. So it takes it gets bigger and bigger. And two years from now, there's another election cycle. And a year into this, when we're still having the discussion about, you know, subject X and it's not going to the left, then they start going like, you can't be trashing on the Democrats. No, we got an election coming up. Yeah. You know, I don't buy it anymore. I don't buy it. Anymore. I hope not. You know, I, did, I didn't. I, I You know what? I honestly like I, I would have pushed back uh, with you um, during this last election. But uh, he Trump had to go. So I, 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 I was blinded by be... it. I had I had a DC 10 landing light right in my face and I'm trying to see around it. And, and I'm not arguing with that. And I, and I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say that that's an issue. I think it was to stop the bleeding and stop fascism. But here we are in a moment where there's a lot of good that could come out of this. And what the Democratic Party does for progressives and lefties you know, of all stripes is to per- basically put you up against the wall to say, no, you can't have anything that you want. And the only way through to what you want is through me. And I will assure that you won't get it anyway. Yep. There is a little bit of that. Not even a so little bit. So what I'm going to suggest is that the remedies are not political. <clears throat> the remedies have to come either outside or from a, a third party. From which you is- and from me. And from, you know, if we can even get 10% of the 80 million people <laughs> to fall in line and say this is what we need to support it will change. But how do you motivate 80, 88 million people? I'll tell you how. You make sure they subscribe to the Earspoon because oh, this yeah. is this is how it's done. This is the mistake we've been making. So I'm going to spend uh, 20 bucks on boosting something to somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Mr. Zuckerberg, thanks. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zuckerstein. <laughs> Zucker yeah. schmuck. Anyway. Well, uh, but I will say again, not to. I don't want to end on a sour note. I encourage people to be activated, but it is in many ways fantastical to think that the Democratic Party is going to in any way move in any left direction. Well, it it will if they're pushed, and they do need to be pushed. I'm not saying that you got to go all fucking hair hair on crazy and do everything Bernie Sanders says to do. But Bernie came out and he's like, "Hey, if you don't start ass- assigning progressives to some of these positions, you." you it's not going to end well. And fuck, why won't they fucking listen? Don't get me started. Do well, not get me, me started. Let me interject. No, this, you're cut anyway. off. No, no, no. I'm doing it anyway. So listen to this. Bernie Sanders, who will likely remain in the Senate because Biden has already shown that he's not likely to put him in his cabinet in any way, right. uh, will be the head of the committee if, if the Democrats uh, take control of the Senate. I believe, if I have this right, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, uh, but Bernie Sanders would be the chair of the committee that would initially be investigating Neera Tandon as a nominee. Neera Tandon has venomous, dagger-like hatred for Bernie Sanders, and she was very destructive to his campaign. Yeah. Uh, and so that will make so the the question I have is, why would you set that confrontation up early in your uh, administration unless you were looking to say, hey, progressives, fuck you. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think he's making a conscious effort to say progressives, 
Fuck no, no, you. it's not he. I don't think he's making any decisions right now anyway. No. <laughs> you know? I don't know. He's being told it, who his cabinet but, is going to be. But, but it is a conversation that we should stick a pin in, and it yeah, is something that we should me. keep on bringing up uh, to the uh, to, to both of our listeners each and every week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, listener one and listener two. I appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> you. T-shirts are on the way. Um, <laughs> so, But let's stick a pin in that, and that's, that's that's, fine. this is something that we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't let up on. And Agreed. we should constantly Agreed. remind people that we need to constantly be kind of fighting the good fight, regardless whether your guy is in, in there or not. So, right. all right, we'll leave it right there. We want to thank Mocha Joe's once again for sponsoring this fine, fine podcast. We do appreciate the support week in and week out. I've been Fish. I've been Steve. And uh, we'll talk to you. Be safe. Be well, my friend. Right on. Ball. Cheers. This is the Ear Spoon with Fish and Steve.